Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, another edition from Emerald Downs. Talking thoroughbred racing, Joe with you along with Vince Prune. And uh, no stakes races this weekend, but plenty of great racing at Emerald Downs. Lots of two-year-old action and uh, racing Thursday. This will be our final Thursday of live racing for 2021. First race at 6 p.m. this coming Thursday at the track. And then Saturday at 6.30, Sunday at 2.30. And we'll go to a uh, Saturday-Sunday schedule the week after that. Vince, uh, how you doing today? Doing good, Joe. Um, yeah, we're going to have an interesting show today. We'll have uh, another great trainer in to talk with us. We'll talk about to lament the passing of one of the all-time greats and uh, look ahead to the 16th week of the season. That's right. Um Kay Cooper is going to join us in studio, and uh, Vince mentioned the passing right off the top. Uh, Junior Coffee left us at age 79. He had not been of great health the last uh, year and a half or so, um, and of course his final year of training was 2018 when he did a Junior Coffee percentage that year, Vince. He was four for eleven that year. Went out with a winner on with levitation right. on September twenty third, twenty eighteen. If you get a chance today, Seattle time, Scott Hansen. This is uh, Wednesday, uh, September first. Scott Hansen has a real nice remembrance of Junior in the Times. Dan Rayley, a great Seattle uh, sports historian at the UW website, has a fabulous uh, memory of junior coffee as well and i rewatched the one you guys produced here the 17 minute one from several years back uh, what a interesting and highly successful life junior lee coffee led interesting life you said it what a life junior growing up in west texas and uh, being the first black athlete in his district uh, built his body up by working in the fields in the spring and summertime and uh, baling hay and tossing all the weight around uh, he just uh, of course had a lot of natural ability but he built his body up and he became a fantastic athlete notably football and apparently basketball he went to the state tournament deep in the state tournament i can a see that too yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a couple of videos on YouTube. One we did a few years ago that Vince referred to 17 minutes and sound bites from a lot of his colleagues. And, uh, Michelle Ludka of channel 13 came out and did a video that same year, 2018. Um, it, uh, it's under the auspices of the UW now, but, uh, Michelle, who is not with KCPQ now, she went on to another job, but she did a super job. She bonded with Junior, and uh, that was a really nice piece of about five minutes. So 
just a, a fantastic life. He got his yeah. way up to the Northwest and was an outstanding football player for the UW. Um, well, seven years in the NFL, that, that says a lot about his football ability right yeah, there. Yeah, he's a rookie on the Packers in 65, yeah. and Vince Lombardi apparently called him the best special teams player on the squad. And uh, Junior was one of those guys, Joe, who was very successful and serious about everything he did in life, but he had a good nature about him, too, which was, I think, a real key to him. He had a, just a wonderful laugh and uh, great storyteller, and Ron Crockett even used the word philosopher. I, I oh, can yeah. see that a little bit. He was just, he was a unique individual. Yeah, he was. Uh, he liked, loved to smile. Um was old school as far as training. I've got one story that I can relate personally. Uh, Long Acres, sometime in the 80s there, I was uh, trying to get some information from uh, stable area people, and I walked through Junior's barn, Shed Row, which those places were pretty sacred uh, per barn, you know, uh, just because if you had claiming horses, you just didn't want any extra information out. But I walked by, and Junior was sitting down in the stall, his back against the stall wall in the back, and he had a filly laying there, and her, both her rear legs were in his lap, and he was massaging her ankles. Mm -hmm. And she was just laying there calm as hell. And, you know, that does not happen with a lot of horses. Well, and I think that's part of Junior's, you know, his, um, what do you want? His strategy of training was he wanted to know the individual horse. So he did run kind of a relatively small barn, what, usually about 10 or 11 horses, mm -hmm. because he wanted to be hands-on and get in the, try to get in the head of every single yeah. horse, you know? And I think that was an enormous part of his success. Yeah. As an athlete, he knew there was a physical and mental makeup to success in uh, physical endeavors and horses uh, certainly could be the same way. And that's what he applied. And, uh, he did it so well, and uh, I think you have a statistic on him as winning percentage here at Emerald at Downs. 20.13, and I remember, yeah. you know, first going to the races with my brother regularly in 78, and Junior was just, you know, he had been around a few years by then, but we learned pretty fast. If you were handicapping, you better take a Junior cough, take a second look at it, even if the horse apparently was off form. Yeah. Because he had a reason usually for entering a race. Yep, and uh, Frank Lucarelli uh, is going to join us on this podcast as well. Uh, we taped some information from Frank, and uh, he said the same thing. He said, boy, uh, even if Junior was listed at 20 to 1 on yeah. the morning line in the program, you took an extra look or two at that horse because uh, he was always super dangerous, and that's backed up by a lot of people. It is, and he won his share, especially early on, at, at, at some pretty big odds. He, uh, and as you said, Joe, he was a claiming trainer mainly. He did have some good stakes horses as well, you know, Runaway Stevie, Cruising Two Sue, See You Later, uh, some others other than that. But he was primarily— Raised the bluff, yeah. Raised the bluff, who, you know, came within a head of winning the mile. Um, but he was primarily a claiming trainer. Part of being a claiming trainer is, you know, um, you you don't want to lose a sharp horse, and that's why Junior was old school that way, as you mentioned, Joe. He loved to see. He must have loved to see the waiver claiming rule come in in recent years, where you could get away with running one and and, and not have it claimed. But but, uh, but yeah, and talk about taking care of the horse. He understood that uh, to be a, a winning thoroughbred, you needed to be healthy, sound, in a good frame of mind, and good physically. And it doesn't matter if you're a four claimer or a stakes horse. Yeah. Junior Coffee, age 79, passed away this week, and uh, services are pending. And uh, But there is a way to contribute in keeping his name involved. Yeah, Joe, there's a couple things. We have a, a obituary on our website, and we'll try to update his in the next couple of days. I understand uh, Kathy, his widow, who works at Emerald Downs, is working uh, on the arrangement, so we'll update that. There are a couple things. There is going to be a Junior Coffee endowment at the University of Washington, Ron Crockett, has begun that, so we'll have some updated information on that. And I also understand Junior's wishes also were uh, to help with the track chaplaincy here at Emerald Downs. So we'll we'll have some more details on that here within the next couple of days for sure. And, That's and Joe can probably pass that on in house too on yeah, TV. We'll do, uh, and that is a natural right there with the grooms. Uh, he spoke fluent Spanish, as uh, Scott Hansen's article in the Times on Wednesday points out, and he was uh, really in touch with uh, 
helping grooms get acclimated if they were new and and by speaking fluent Spanish that helped out so much. And he's a compassionate guy for yes, sure. Sir. Oh. Junior Coffee uh just so many stories. In fact, uh Let's hear from trainer Frank Lucarelli, whose association with Junior, like many horsemen here at Emerald Downs, goes back to the 1970s. Junior Coffee was a, a good friend of mine uh, over the years, going back quite a few years. Uh, I actually worked out with him a lot, and we had some dinners in San Francisco in the early years of me training in Bay Meadows, and uh, he became a very good friend. And well-respected horseman I don't think anybody that knew anything about training or running horses um, didn't know that Junior was a very sharp sharp horse person and uh, you know he's the kind of guy when I was younger even if he was like 20 to 1 in a race it was like yeah but it's Junior so you better take another look at it and um, you know I had a lot of respect for him as a horse person and a, as a person in general we uh I was fortunate to become good friends with him and Kathy and uh, had some dinners with them and um, got to trade some stories and mostly listen to his stories because they're much more exciting than mine. But uh, he was a, he was a real good, real good man. I'm going to miss him a lot. He's, uh, uh, you know, I, I could tell you probably a thousand stories of he and I and some real fun things we've done over the years. And uh, I would share that with anybody that would like to ask me, but uh, I don't know that I want to share those right now. But, uh, you know, I'm going to miss him a lot, and uh, I think the whole racing community is going to miss him. I've missed him the last couple of years uh, since he retired from training two years ago, and uh, and uh, it just missing having him around. He was one of those persons that everybody asks, where's Junior? Why isn't he here? Everybody missed him, and uh, it was uh, very unfortunate what has happened. But, you know, um, hopefully he's comfortable and where he is. And I just, uh, you know, like I said, I could share a million funny stories with Junior and would love to if anybody wanted to hear him. But uh, anyway, I just want to send my condolences to Kathy, and I want to uh, to be uh, let everybody know that I was a uh, very fortunate to become a good friend of his and uh, gonna miss him. Frank Lucarelli, good friend of Junior Coffee, and uh, both here in the Northwest and in California, spent a good part of uh, yearly uh, events with Junior. So good to hear from Frank there. Um, so we have another week of racing. And by the way, the uh, Muckleshoot Gold Cup is coming up September 10th, 11th, and 12th. That's just around the corner. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. No live thoroughbred racing on Friday, September 10th. But we will start uh, the Muckleshoot Gold Cup on Friday around 6 p.m. And it'll be free admission all day. So those great qualifying events in the Gold Cup start on Friday, September 10th. Then on Saturday, September 11th, we're going to start our first race at 5 p.m. Note that that's an hour and a half earlier than a normal Saturday start because we'll have Muckleshoot Gold Cup qualifying races between the thoroughbred races on Saturday, September 11th. Again, first race at Emerald Downs, 5 p.m that day and yeah. then uh, excuse me the 12th will will be the finals of the yep. gold cup and we also not originally on the stake schedule joe we've got two washington cup races that day the washington cup juvenile colts and geldings fifty thousand, and the washington cup juvenile phillies fifty thousand. so sunday september 12th in addition to being opening day of the nfl season is mm. going to be a big day here at emerald downs real big day and our guest uh kay cooper coming up uh, she could well be involved in those Washington Cup races with uh, a view from above and Koran, two-year-old stakes winners recently from her barn. So yeah, that is some good stuff. Hey, uh, Vince does a super job on the news and notes at Emerald Downs, emeralddowns.com. Go to uh, news and notes and uh, just all kinds of super information. So good work on that all year, Vince, really. Um, he goes down to the last win on owners and trainers and jockeys. We'll have the next edition up tomorrow, okay. Joe. And uh, for weekly honors for last week, um, 
Julian Couton, we could have easily given it to Leslie Mowing again. He had another giant week, but uh, try to spread it out. Julian Couton is within one of the top spot of Alex Cruz. So as we go down the stretch here, we got a whale of a of a race for to be the leading jockey. Our trainer, George Rosales, two huge wins, take charge deputy, and fantastic day mm-hmm. off the bench. Uh, the owners, um, these people uh, are now three for three with top executive, all stakes wins. John and Janine Mariansky in uh, the Riverbend Stable, Gail and Gerald Schneider. Sorry to hear about John Mariansky in ill health. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that uh, win by top executive brought a little bit of uh, sunshine into his Sunday. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. Thoughts. And then our Wabred, Washington Bread of the Week, Stand 2. Another Harbor the Gold, this one out of I'm Shooting High, uh, Stand 2, a wire-to-wire winner of a feature race. Uh, I believe that was on Saturday. So uh, congratulations to John Sneesby, the owner-breeder of that one. Yeah, son of Harbor the Gold. has had a couple of rough trips this year, but he put it all together on Saturday. So that was outstanding. And uh, you mentioned top executive, winner of the Derby, three for three at the meeting and the leading earner at Emerald Downs this year. So, uh, boy, he is right up there front and center for horse of the meeting talk at this point. I got to think so, um, Joe. And I I don't know what the next plan is for um, top executive. So we'll have to wait and see. But you bet he, in fact, probably the leader in the clubhouse right now. Yeah. With uh, three for three all stakes. Um, he was a stalking sprinter that uh, did a really great job stalking and winning at a mile and a 16th and was, just uh, outrunning his foe. He's had some close finishes, but he wins them. That was one of the races of the meet right there yeah. when, uh, you know, Bayakoa's image was an extremely impressive winner of the Oaks, but then in the in the Derby, Coastal Kid, he's kind of a, got a little black cloud over him, Joe. That <laughs> horse did everything but win the stakes on Sunday. Top executive, Coastal Kid, they went at it the whole way through the stretch. And uh, Kevin Orozco on top executive, Wayne Barnett, the writer on uh, Coastal Kid. And that was a heck of a finish. Top executive, though, he's got that winning spirit and he got the win. They were 1-2 all the way around. They sure were. And uh, he always kind of felt to me like top executive was going to get there. But I'll tell you, Coastal Kid lost very little in defeat there. Coastal Kid uh, is run here four times. Has one win in three, uh, let's see, make it two seconds and, and a, a third and a tough in the Gottstein, yeah. when, which he might have won that day. I mean, you know, you don't need a whole lot of imagination to think of him being four for four at Emerald Downs, but uh, he ran a big one in the Derby on Sunday. Top executive beat him by a head officially. So that was a thrilling stakes day. And as Vince mentioned, stakes on September 12th, the Washington Cup, and then closing weekend Sunday, September 26th, we'll have a couple more Washington Cup races and the Gottstein Futurity. And uh, we've got a lot of first-time starters uh, this week at Emerald Downs among two-year-olds. So uh, we could have a nice big field in that Gottstein on closing day. I think so. And it's I guess it's even possible horses coming out of the, the Washington Cup races on the 12th could yep. wheel back on the 26th, especially if they're, you know, going to be turned out for the winter. Uh, so we'll have to see. But, yeah, it looks pretty promising. That happens a lot, yeah. Kay Cooper, Frank Lucarelli, each with four two-year-old victories now. And uh, Lucarelli and assistant trainer Dennis Snowden say they've got a couple others that they, they want to get started at, and um, hopefully – have an opportunity in the Gottstein on Sunday, September 26th, but uh, a lot to do before then. So Italian Day is this Sunday at Emerald Downs, and uh, that's always fun. Pizza eating contest, and we do the horseshoe toss on Saturday night. Somebody's bound to throw a ringer one of these years. I keep saying that too, but it's, you know, we've had a couple fairly close calls this, this season, Joe, but... Come on, folks, get out there and practice and then enter and get take us for a <laughs> thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that on Saturday and, of course, racing Thursday this week uh, at 6 p.m. Well, we'll take a short time out. We'll come back with Kay Cooper, uh, one hot trainer here this year. And going to break, let's listen to a big victory of one of Junior Coffee's top Northwest runners. 
at the top of the stretch and Factoria holding on in front in the act second. Runaway Stevie trying to come through in the centre. Out wider Benny's Command and no compassion. Factoria led. Runaway Stevie the inside and Benny's Command. Still Factoria in front. Factoria a half to Runaway Stevie. Benny's Command. Runaway Stevie right on the wire. Runaway Stevie's got up to score. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and a guest in the studio is a, a longtime member of the Thoroughbred community, pretty much a lifetime member, trainer Kay Cooper. Kay, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Kay, uh, of course, the daughter of Jim Penny, and uh, Jim in the original class of the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame, and the family goes back to Jim's grandfather, A.E. Penny, who raced at Long Acres in 1933. Pretty well documented, Vince, the uh, history and legacy of the family. You bet, uh, Jim Penny, uh, Kay's father, of course, in the Washington Racing Hall of Fame, and the Penny family all in yeah, as breeders, right. so that includes Kay. And Kay did something here the last couple of weeks that's hard to do. Three straight stakes race wins. And uh, only the ninth trainer to win two in a day with uh, a view from above. And uh, Coron winning the WTBOA Lads and the Barbara Shinpo stakes. And then last Sunday in the Washington Oaks, Bayakoa's image with just a gigantic performance yeah. uh, uh, to win the Washington Oaks by, what is it, nearly six lengths. So congratulations, Kay. Great. I can take credit for two of them. <laughs> the third one by a co image, she was sent to me from a friend in Canada, and that's Brian O'Connell and his wife, Joanne Todd. Mm -hmm. They did all the work on her. They gave her, she shipped down on Wednesday, and she was spitting fire. Oh. And it was a battle getting her there. She's a lot more relaxed today after the race, and I. That was the first time I think that she shipped and gone to another racetrack. So it was hard on the filly too, and definitely hard on all of us because I wanted to make sure everything was right and proper for her. Sure, sure. Yeah, I was watching the fillies come down in from the uh, backstretch into the paddock, and uh, she was what number? What number was she in that race anyway? About mid pack, and uh, wow, I'm saying number five. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was just snorting and spitting and uh, just on her toes. And she was telling all those other fillies, you better be ready because I'm going to kick some butt today. And oh, she sure and did. She did. She was, she was on fire, let me tell you. We were hoping we did everything right for uh, Brian and Joanne. And yeah, we did. Yeah, Alexander Marty aboard. And right. That, that might have been his first mount ever at Emerald It Dance. was, and it was a winning one. And yeah, she looked like a winner every step of the race. Yeah. Curious sensation went out and set the pace, but she was just going to drag Alexander to the lead around the turn. And then she just drew off. And the filly that chased her home brought approval, you know, is a pretty nice filly herself. And uh, she just made short work. So that was a, a gigantic performance. And she's got a bright future, no question. Yeah. Oh, Three absolutely. straight stakes wins for Kay Cooper, the barn. Um, and you mentioned the two two-year-old wins the week before, and that's got to be fun. Any stake, oh, absolutely. But when you win with two-year-olds, yeah. you've got some future too, don't you? Oh, absolutely. We picked out both of uh, the horses in the Washington Thoroughbred Sale, and a view from above. Um, he always caught my eye. His, you know, half brothers have all been runners, and so we did like him. But for him himself, it's a great individual, and he came into this race 
at a good time. Yeah, um, and uh, Koron won the the other stake that day, which was the, the Shinpo, the Shin Barbara Shinpo course, and she she's two for two as well, just like the view she from is, above. Yeah, that was one of Debbie Papp's Blue Ribbon Farm bred horses that uh, did not meet reserve, and Debbie opted to take in partnerships, and we call it the Blue Ribbon Racing Ladies, yeah. and so it's mm-hmm. all ladies that own her. And for a partnership, and uh, she's a sweetie. You and Debbie have been wearing out the path to the winter circle the last <laughs> few weeks. We look down there every time. I think I told Joe at one stretch, you'd won with 10 and 19 starters, which is just, you know, the stakes are fine, but they're all running in your barn right now. Well, I'm fortunate because the horses, the races are there that are proper level for the horses, and the horses have done well. So... You know, a lot of it is, and the owners trust me to wear levels that they need to compete and be strong at. So that's all big, big factors. Yeah, and uh, you have four two-year-old wins now, tied with Frank Lucarelli, of course. Oh, good. Yeah, that's always nice to be on top. And 10 for 19 stretch is uh, phenomenal, not just good. Uh, anything, as we know, 20% is, is awful good in this game, and you're at... Uh, uh, right, you're right around there for the season now too. I, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think. Or at least uh, over twenty percent. Yeah. Well, fifteen wins for the season. I think tied for third overall with not a whole lot of starters. So the percentage is really high. So you guys are just doing a superb job down there um, with well, your runners. I've got good help. I've ha- been fortunate to have two great exercise riders. We've missed Kevin Radke. He broke his arm in an accident at home. And uh, he texts me regularly. And then mm-hmm. Jose Rodales has helped me a lot. He also has his own horses, but he uh, gals right in the morning before the break. And my crew, you know, I got a kudos to them. They've been great, fortunate. And of course, my sister, I've got my family behind me also and great owners. That's great. You know, and we'll, we'll talk about the family, but I want to say one thing about Kevin. I saw him. Uh, he was getting on horses for Blaine Wright for a while, but Blaine had just a bunch of two-year-olds, and he just didn't want to go there being coming right. off a layoff and, you know, a little bit of advanced age for a rider. And, and then uh, he started getting on uh, Kay's horses, and and he goes, I'm going to start riding. These horses are going to win. And he goes, she's got three back there that could win the Derby. And right. it's kind of funny because she didn't win the Derby. She won all the races yeah. leading up to the Derby. Right, but, uh, right. Nonetheless, Nation Heart, uh, he was another that you had really, he was ready oh, to run. Boy, yeah. he was full of himself on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, we had high hopes for him. Um, yeah. He didn't break as sharp. And of course, he didn't get into a position in the first turn. And the, they got away from him and he didn't get to run his race. Yeah. So... But uh, he's a successful two-time winner. So uh, just going back, you know, I, I was on Mike live and uh, um, something about the silks, the Penny Farm, iconic silks. And uh, I said, yeah, those go back to the 50s because I knew that Jim, your father, had pretty much start, took out his training license in the early 50s. But those silks might go back a lot farther than the 50s. Do you know any history oh, on that? The black silks with the white pea? White hat, yeah. And the white pea is an old English pea, they say. And um, that was my great-grandfather's. And we all called him Gramps. And those were his silks. Okay. And we just carried on the tradition. Awesome. Yeah, he uh, raced in the first meet at Long Acres, mm-hmm. 1933. So uh, it goes way back. And uh, you had that outstanding farm where you grew up in Sela, just outside no, of Yakima. No, in Natchez. Or, uh, Natchez, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. just outside of yeah. Yakima. No, it's, uh, we loved, it was a great place to grow up. And then we were, you know, with dad every summer and mom at, at Long Acres. So we had a great, great history, childhood. And you and, you and uh, Jill worked around horses, uh, your um and then Kay has a quote. It was pretty funny. She goes, ah, you know, we didn't mind when September rolled around and school started because we got to sleep in to yeah. go to school. You didn't Absolutely. have to get up as early. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, you learn from the ground up. And, yes. uh, you know, um, and most people in the business know that you've pretty much been running the barn since, you know, Emerald Downs opened in 96. And Jim was a huge part of it, a, just a fantastic advisor. He, he'd seen it all in the game many times over and was uh, down at the track several days a week, of course. And 
And you guys had the opportunity to take horses back up to Edgewood and, and just kick them out for a week or so. And, and that, that's got to be a plus for a barn. Oh, it does. It does. That's what a view from above. Uh, we were fortunate he won his first race. And I advised the owners that six weeks in between races. And so that's what we did. We took him home for two weeks. And you could see that towards the end of his two weeks, a little vacation, he was getting bored, you know, so I brought him back in. Mm. He loves to train and it does. It helps horses, the horses that shin buck. Uh, I take him home and when you can see them running around playing, you know that their shins don't hurt anymore. And just to get outside, clear their brains, yeah, get in the sun, roll in the sand pits. They love it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Edgewood, uh, the family moved up there um, in the early 90s or right after Long Acres closed, right, wasn't it? Right, mm-hmm. It was right, yeah, right after Long Acres closed. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, your family statistics are tremendous at any track. Of course, just uh, pretty much dominant over at Yakima Meadows, which we had a spring and fall meet back then. It was probably good to see a track open back there. In Yakima, it it, did, it opened in the early '60s, but uh, right. you know your dad took advantage of the locale and the and the time away from Long Acres, and mm-hmm. you guys did super there. It was I, a good training facility, also. You know, the mm. racetrack was very kind to our horses, and we've um, there's a lot of people that trained there, got their horses fit and ready to run at Long Acres, so we were all competitive, and um, you knew which ones to go on with which ones that were too immature as two-year-olds to take home so you didn't waste any stalls all the stalls at long acres days were premium and um, basically we did a lot of the same we rotated some horses so but um my grandfather was a big promoter of uh yakima meadows and he's actually aj he was the one that got it instigated it with some uh, several other people and they got it going yeah you bet and uh it had yakima meadows had a great run and fact you know helped save racing there after the closure of long acres with absolutely. three summer meets there yeah, yeah and I, we can't we talk to a member of the penny fan without mentioning of course jim with the record five wins mm-hmm. in our biggest race the long acres mile and to show how it all ties together we did the draw for the long acres mile a couple weeks ago and joe interviewed uh bob rondo and said what's your first memories of the long acres mile he said well it was yeah. 1977 i just come to town and i saw a horse named theologist, theologist. win the race and absolutely of course theologist trained by your uh, father and ridden by i don't know if he was your husband yet or <laughs> yep. certainly your, yeah. Yeah. your husband bryson cooper what do you remember about theologist oh he was a great horse he, he took us a while before he was mature to run we had uh, um you know, problems with him. And then once he was a runner, my sister took care of him, grooming him at the racetrack. And uh, um, he would have been a fantastic stallion. You know, oh, his babies, right. he, he only, I think, covered a couple mares yeah. and due to an injury, he mm. was euthanized. But um, he was Table Run's brother. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Right. And he, he was a nice horse. I mean, just, you know, you have some horses that are just horses and then some that stand out. And he was. What What is your, of the five wins your family has had in the mile, is there a personal favorite among those? Or obviously, they're all important and special in their own way. Oh, I got to say Ed Nader. We raised him. We brought him. And uh, he was Delinator, you know, and that kind of stands out. And uh, he was one that was special too. Um, Wally Jenny took him to the gate for us. Mm. And I told him, you better be careful. And uh, he looked at me and he came back. He said, I've never heard a horse growl. This one growls. <laughs> he, he said, oh, my God, he scared me. That's what and, Galen Mitchell said on mild day, too. Right, right. When he was right, he talked to us. And uh, um, Eddie was right that day. Right that day. And, you know, it was kind of redemption, too, because his first career start was just mind-blowing. He opened up 12 mm-hmm. lengths in a sprint and coasted home to win by six in fast time and then you know you had some issues with him he just well some of those delineators you know were a little bit hard to to keep on an even keel right but uh and i think you were offered big money for him after that career debut weren't you or did Um, the offers actually come in or just we did but we didn't you know he had some issues and um you know we just didn't put it out there yeah okay yeah and, uh, um, but he was, you know, dad and I were kind of arguing. I was kind of on the fence whether or not to run him or not. And it was, I think the five minute call, you know, for the long acres mile and dad was right there. And Bryce and I came off the racetrack with him and we said, no, enter him. And, uh, 
obviously it was the right decision. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was that that close at the end. It uh, was. We were because, the last one in. Yeah. He didn't do much as a three-year-old. He was in some stakes and, you know, has speed. Mm-hmm. And then he, he had a sensational win early in his four-year-old year. But like Sabretooth the next year, they, they were running well and uh, not winning, but the mile actually was a shortening up from the Mount Rainier for each one of those horses, Sabretooth actually 2002. Mm-hmm. But uh, wow, he just put away handy and bold right out of the gate, did Ed Nader and, you know, uh, tied the track record. It was a tremendous performance. And then he followed up that year with the Washington Championship and he won at Bay Meadows too, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah, He did. And you guys at your farm, you also have a few foundation mares you guys seem to go back to and that have been extremely productive over the right. years. Right. Right. I can't. Yeah. Who is it? Well, Arco Rainbow Iris. Rider is yeah. the dam of Arco Iris and Ed Nader. Right. Yeah. And right. she was a tremendous well, founder. And, then and she's she, the dam of um, Truth to Power. Or excuse me, um, I Smith like Whiskey. Oh, okay. Uh, Arco Iris is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that, that keeps going. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, your dad and uh, your sister Jill and uh, her husband Jack. Uh, you know, they Jack uh, really respected Jim Penny. I mean, the few you know the times that I talked to Jack Fabulich about your dad, you know, he just said, "Hey, Jim's the man." You know, he, you know, he he can make uh, he's seen it all, and um, and he imparted so much wisdom to you. And then Bryson has been your husband has been so much a part of day to day training and getting horses ready, and and his knowledge too. He's he won the. Long Acres Derby in the mile in the 70s. And wasn't he Santa Anita's leading apprentice one year as a jockey? Something like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. He was. And, you know, he's ridden all over. And uh, all his knowledge has helped me, especially in different styles of running. And uh, he studies the races and knows where the horses should be in the race and off the fence, in the, in the middle or whatever. Mm. It must be, you know, your experience... Uh, just having started so many young horses in their careers, um, you just see the body type, you see the reaction to certain things that you want them to do. It has to help. Experience has to help, doesn't it? Oh, I think so. I think so, that you get the problem horses that you know what they need and it's just getting that accomplishment, getting it through to them so that they can understand what you're asking of them. And it even goes back to the riders, where some riders are stronger riders, some are uh, quieter, more finesse, and each that, it does play a big part in each horse. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you got to get lucky that way, but uh, training and, and you guys is... Uh, uh, viewing and Kay's out there watching training all the time of course and of course she's got Doug Stenberg as an advisor too you <laughs> absolutely <know. laughs> hey I'm happy Doug's hitting a home run right now with a view from above and he's having a blast oh he is he is and then he jumped up and bought uh a view from above's baby brother oh I noticed that yeah timer too so and then he uh, picked up a couple partners so you'll see another partnership out there that's great. And uh, Vince, I mentioned Debbie Pabst as well, and she's been a client of yours for a long time now. Um, and she, you know, when they win, she she always says, hey, Kay is just uh, doing a super job. And Kay and uh, Debbie certainly knows horses and racing and training as well as breeding. Um, uh, what's it like to work with Debbie? Because she's a pretty strong-willed person. Oh, she is. She is. And... Uh, um you know, she'll put her input and then I'll tell her about the horses, but she's always been respectful of the fact that, no, this one is not ready yet, Debbie. And uh, um, with the the babies, the two-year-olds, you have to respect that when they grow, their shins are immature and uh, it's hard. You see them go so far, so far. You want them to run and it's always, I always say it's a gift if you can get a horse to the races at two. You know, we all want them there but not all of them make it obviously the three-year-olds you better be ready that's all i got to say and then the the four-year-olds year is a tough year also because usually it's four and up and then you Mm -hmm. have to run against the big ones Mm -hmm. the older horses and some horses don't have a lot of three-year-old experience too so 
a lot of patience. Uh, Paul Heiss told me one time, he said, horse racing has taught me one thing. And he said, that's patience. Uh, mm -hmm. And he said, I never had it before until that's I had sure. into horse racing. Yeah. You can't force it in this game because no. you're asking for trouble when you do. Absolutely. It's such a weeks and months and behind. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. And that's got to be so tough sometimes when you've got a horse that just has so much talent and has come around and has won a couple. And then and there's a big race right there. And then you've got to give it, you know, three months off or something, give the horse a little bit of time. But uh, And then what's hard here too is that it's great when you say three months behind or three months in California where you have 12 months of the mm. year there, you can run out. Here, we are so limited and yes. it's so mm -hmm. hard. And we're so all, all of us trainers are key to run from April to September. And we have to perform in order to get our owners, you know, satisfied and get those horses running. Well, uh, Things are sure going good uh, right now for the K Cooper barn here at Emerald Downs. Three of our last four stakes. And that is some good stuff. Sally Steiner staying busy, drawing out her uh, <laughs> yeah. stakes programs there. Absolutely. And, um, so Bryson uh, has had some physical issues. Uh, we haven't seen him around too much this year. How's he doing? He's holding his own. He's been um, confirmed covid a long hauler. He goes into a um, COVID uh, rehabilitation program. It's not till September. It's new. Hmm. Nobody knows what it's going to be involved. His primary care doctor doesn't know. And it's not that it's a secret. They just don't know. It's a medical field that is still finding out how to treat COVID. It's not to take him lightly. He's very short of breath. And uh, very frustrated right now because he can't do what he used to do, and he should be over it. But it's not. Um, it's a. It's a hard, hard disease that it's out there. Okay. Well, all our best to him because he's. Thank you. You bet. Uh, he's been such a big part, um, and he was. You know, I think the legend goes that he was kind of the number one guy behind uh, finding scouting flamethrowing Texan and bring him, bringing him here to the Northwest. Is that true? Right, right. We watched a lot of films, you know, reruns and all that. And then uh, we kind of spotted this horse and liked him. Paul and I flew down the day to claim him. And then uh, what was uh, frustrating is that we claimed the horse, but we only had a window of time before the plane went back. So I couldn't touch the horse mm. because he was still in the test barn, but yet he was Paul's horse. So we left him with, uh, Mike Harrington he used to be our veterinarian at uh, Long Acres. And then when time came, you know, we shipped him up and there's the history. Wow. Yeah. He, he, he galloped and worked him and we all loved him. Yeah. He was one special horse, uh, uh, just a super dynamo on the lead and, and tough. Uh, that 06 mile is one of our mm -hmm. great performances and memories on the in the stretch of Emerald Downs history. So, uh, yeah. We, we claimed him from, um, oh. Was it Doug O'Neill? It was Doug O'Neill. And every was... time we go down, Doug shakes Bryson's hand. Oh. He says, I can't believe you made that sprinter into a route horse. Yeah. You know? Well, Doug's one of you. He got lava, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and win some, lose some, right? Right. Flamethrowing Texan was claimed a whole bunch yeah. that year, too. Mm -hmm. I remember Maybe. that horse. He was a hard-running son of a gun. Yes. Uh, even back then. He was the, the kind who was uh, had some speed and was tenacious, mm -hmm. is which what you love in a racehorse. I think Paul figured it out, and uh, he spent over $1,000 in organic carrots on him <laughs> while he was at it. the track. Absolutely. He oh, boy. And then some, because there's another horse that uh, he won the BC Derby, and he, he won right. a stake at uh, Bay Meadows before it closed. Or it might have been Golden Gate. I think it was Bay Meadows. No, it was at Bay Meadows. Yeah. I yeah. Think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, uh Three Long Acres Mile winners here and uh, Silver Mallet and Theologist. And you guys have had so many clients through the years. They, I know they do come and go a little bit, but uh, you've got some really loyal ones. And um, probably a little harder to get new clients nowadays just uh, with um, maybe a little shorter racing season. But uh, you've got the connections to do that. And uh, success always breeds success as well. It's 
it's and been home work. stretch. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. how many horses are, are you guys breeding? Are you breeding many mares now? These not really. Okay. We're we're down on our mares. We've mm-hmm. still got Arco Iris, and um, she's been bare in the last couple of years. She's basically in retirement. She's getting up there. She yeah. is getting up there. Yeah, and uh, just uh, just a super legacy for the Penny family and Kay, of course, Jim's daughter. Uh, and Jill, so let's say something about Jill too and her work up there. She's a big part of the operation. She oh, helps. absolutely. She manages and runs the farm, and uh, I ship her back and you know horses back and forth. And then um, we usually break babies, and that's been her her big forte. So the horses, and I can always ask her which ones I can take the blinkers off, which ones, you know, especially going into the winter circle. Some of them can't do it. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's managed to run the farm. You got uh, any favorites over the years? I mean, there's just so many winners. Uh, oh, there's been so many nice horses. Of course, we loved Kitty's Link. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Eddie. Uh, Jabrika Kit- was a favorite. Yeah. And, of course, Tex. Jabrika and- was uh, one solid horse, wasn't he? Yes, he, he was. Uh, over a, a just... I can remember writing something six seasons. He was a pretty solid stakes horse here. He's yeah, that's actually a long time. resides at Pegasus. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah, that when the Gallup girl that used to work for us, Brennan uh, Tweedy, yeah, um, has her, and her son rides him now. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, washed and bred, and he was a factor in the Gottstein and the Derby. He only won the Derby here. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And. Uh, he was in a couple long acres miles as well. Oh, but, and Salt uh, Grinder. You know, we Salt keep, Grinder. Salt Grinder, absolutely. How about his first out every year? He won every year first I know, out. I know. He, I don't know. Now, what's the key to doing that? The, the <laughs> horse has it in him to wants to get ready, I guess. I want, but yeah. I think he won first out at least six different years here, which is just incredible, you know, and, and the competition he was going against. I, absolutely. No, he was uh, one of our favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you lost him in a claim too. Eventually, but. really surprised us. Sharon oh. <laughs> Ross claimed him, and my granddaughter loves feeding him peppermints. Oh. And it was hard to explain to a six-year-old. Well, he doesn't live in our barn anymore. And she said, yeah. "Well, do you mind if I, you know, can I, can we go feed him peppermints?" And of course, Sharon let my granddaughter go to her barn. And Salty loved her. He nickered, and here's the peppermints. And yeah. then she left about three on Sharon's death so i'm sure sharon felt really guilty claiming our horse but <laughs> she did well with him and that's the unfortunate side name of the game you know we yeah. we claim some we lose some that's right yeah mm-hmm. indeed so uh do you have any other uh young horses back there in the barn that haven't raced yet that uh um not too many not too which many which is fine that's good right, you get them right. going and uh, the sale, did you replenish a little bit there? We did. We bought three nice ones, and then Debbie gave me three more. And then Ooh. we've got two more at the farm, That one that we raised, and one um, Jack, my brother-in-law, bought in Kentucky, and she's at the farm. So that sounds good. Yep. Yep. Looking for another colt to add to the group, too. Very good. And you guys, I know you and Bryson used to go to the Bay Area many years, but mm-hmm. you stopped that a few years back, right? Right. We have just... The cost, the expense, number one. And then um, if you run them where they belong, the horses didn't come home with us. And our Mm. horses were always fresh horses to the Mm -hmm. trainers in California. And so to save or um, protect my stable, we ended up basically going to Canada for a month. And then the horses needed a rest to come back here and Mm run. So that... Other than last year, that was our forte as we took horses to Canada, That's ran right, them yeah. for another four to six weeks. Unfortunately, you can't do that anymore, or not this year. And then they close, I think, about the same time we do. Yeah, that's so right. So we're often, I think most of them are going to need a break for next year. Well, selfishly, I like that, Joe. Yes. <laughs> yeah, get them back here. That's right. for sure. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the passing of Junior Coffee this week, a uh, big loss to everyone that knew him, not just in thoroughbred racing, but uh, yeah, speaking of going to California, he went down there a lot of years. You'd see him down there, but mostly up here at Long Acres and, and Emerald Downs. And uh, he was old school, you know, he was funny. Uh, he, 
I know we used to do the training day and you'd always help out. Well, most trainers help out. And I'm not saying junior anything negative, but he, he was so old school. He didn't have a big stable. He didn't want to give out a lot of information oh, no. about mm-hmm. any of his horses. So he'd have like seven in the barn and there'd one come out and I'd, I'd have my radio, which I could uh, get a hold of Cy and we could shoot. I, I could identify the horse and, and we could shoot that horse with the camera and, I go, Junior, hey, that's yours, isn't it? And I go, which one is that? We can get him on training day. He goes, you know, I'm not sure which one that is. I'd have to go back to the barn and check. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Bull, Junior, you know, every yeah. every horse out here. But that was funny about him. But it, you, what do you, what would you say about Junior Coffee? Oh, he was, a gr- he was a great man. My dad was the first one that actually yeah. trained for Junior when he was first introduced into racing at Long Acres. My sister has a, um, a story. She remembers that Junior bought a, a case of Gatorade to our barn before it was ever out on the market. Mm. And the football players were drinking it. And he's like, he was passing it around. We're all looking at him, looking at the Gatorade. Well, what is it? What is it? So, you know, that was the first first yeah. uh, remembrance of him. And then, um, you know, he, he was great. He wanted to learn. And um, not just why do you do that, but why do you do that? And it was the whole summer. He was there basically until he had to go back to training camp himself. But uh, I distinctly, him and his wife, Kathy, they were wonderful people. Yeah, really good. And yeah, Jim, I think, was the first guy he worked under, your father. And and he had to learn a few things because uh, Junior's uh, winning percentage and his acumen with horses is just tremendous, too. Mm-hmm. So certainly going to miss him. But uh Things time marches on and time's doing pretty well for the Kay Cooper barn over there at Emerald Downs. Kay, it's a great run, continued success the rest of the year, and uh, sounds like you know, you'll be looking forward to 2022 like the rest of us. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for coming in, Kay. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Kay Cooper on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Great to have Kay Cooper in, Vince. Uh, and that family is just Washington racing history. Um, Jim, of course, her father, Jim Penny, in the first class, as we said, of the Washington Hall yeah. of Fame. And then the whole family and his breeders. And they just, uh, what a legacy. And, there. you know, it got me to thinking, Joe, just in the last few weeks here, look, we've had Chris Stensley, Sandy Gann, and uh, Kay Cooper. How many terrific women trainers we have around here yeah sharon know? ross and her husband larry they're in the hall of fame doris harwood's in the hall of fame yeah and it just goes on and on valerie lund had out she's not here anymore but she you know had out boy roy when he won stakes here i know there's a bunch more bonnie right? jenny is uh, bonnie she Jenny's certainly had, knows could what... have been the whiskey who was a oh, top she... three-year-old here lady ledoux was a big stakes horse she um, knows what to do with a good horse that's for sure yeah, we've really been blessed yeah. in this state with just an inordinate amount of uh, uh, not just good, but very successful uh, yep. women trainers. Indeed. Uh, okay, well, uh, selections. Let's see. You know, uh, I guess we haven't had a great season with selections, and we've been so busy doing other things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pat myself on I the know back I a little bit. Oh, you had uh, Lolly Express a couple weeks ago, which was yeah. really good. Uh, and our website last week, my starred pick, best bet of the day, won each day. That Prince of Luck on Sunday was what five to one under Rocco, Rocco uh, Bowen. 
Correct. Prince I think even Lux, six to six one. Six to one. You're right. Yeah. Fifteen dollars. And yep. the day before, I had that Larson Bay as my. Oh best my bet goodness! Of the day. Yeah, that, that's the kind of horse I. You know, if I was dialed in, Joe, well, I would have had Larson Bay. Of course, second time starter. <laughs> second, it had trouble in the first out. Yeah. You know, and that horse paid what nineteen bucks or 19 something. Nineteen bucks. So, yeah. Yeah. Great picking there, Joe. Well, that was okay last week, uh, and this week, well, we'll not. Uh, yeah, I've got one here. This week, I'm going to go with um, Majestic Cafe going a mile in race five for trainer Chris Stensley, Alex Cruz aboard. He just ran a mile for the first time. He was third um, behind Final Rose and Lukenbach. Lukenbach's on good form going a mile. Final Rose is a pretty good horse. He, he was unplaced on Sunday, but he was in that race with Omachi Kid and Mike Mans Gold and the winner, Crest Drive, who is just... He's a wind uh, machine. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go. I don't know what the morning line is there on Majestic Cafe in race five, but I do have a program handy. So I can. I should know that. that. You did it. Let's see. But it's hard to remember them all. Seven to two. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know if I have a pick, but I will say at Saturday's uh, seventh race, our mm -hmm. feature is, is a wonderful claiming race for Phillies and Mares at six furlongs. Judicial going for her fifth straight at the meet. Uh, brilliant Bird, a prolific winner, returned to Emerald Downs and won a couple weeks. Stay in Grace. We know how tough that oh. Oregon bred is, Joe. She loves to win races. Hold That Smile uh, is an extremely sharp Oregon shipper for uh, uh, trainer George Rosales. So it is a deep and good field. Zippin' Sevens is a capable horse. Shoto's got two wins of the meet. Please that, Me can close ground. So that's a fun race, the feature that, on Saturday. That is really loaded. Yeah, Phillies and Mares at six furlongs. And Judicial, you know, a win there, She that that will be a big push towards claimer of the meet for her. She would be the first with five, so we'll see. Which is still a pretty wide open category, as that's it right. usually is at this point it of the meet. It always is, right. Yeah, so really good race there on Saturday. Uh, a few uh, back and forth items. Uh, let's see, what do you got there? I could I could start us out on that. If you well, want. I can go. I, you okay. know, a junior coffee. A, a couple horses came to mind for me. Cruising Two Sue was a horse I he claimed for eight on Oregon bred by Doctor Valeri. Joe, you were working at Long Acres then. What a run that horse got on! And uh, I remember the day it won a stakes. It Moved up from 8,000 to 16 to 25 to an allowance win to finally winning a stakes by three lengths at five to one. And uh, the bubble got burst by a nice horse called Twice Written in the next yeah. start. But that was a heck of a run for well, uh, Fire Sweeper two. was a three-year-old that year. Fire Sweeper ended up winning the uh, 17th of August race at a mile and a. So what would that have been? Um, now the, there was the Betsy Ross and there yeah. was... And the Oaks, of course, was uh, right in there as well. And then, you know, come back the next year, and it was laid off from August of 86, and then 7th September 87th, she came off the bench and finished fourth in a $60,000 claimer, won by Country Jewel. She then shipped up to Hastings for the $75,000 stakes, and I'm trying ballerina. to Ballerina. The ballerina at 13 to 1, Alan Cuthbertson riding. And she won that race going Hustlin away. Alan Cuthbertson. And then she had another win in 88 at Golden Gate on the turf with Ron Hansen riding and paid 38.60. And we've heard some stories about that race over the years, Joe. That was a handicap, wasn't it? Yes, it yeah. was. And uh, so what a great uh, claim that was oh. and a fun ride. Another horse that comes to mind, Sir Jeppy. I was there June 5th, 1985. Excuse me, June 6th, 1985. And that was significant. Uh, a horse trained by Junior for Perry and Beatrice Levinson. That was Vicky Aragon's first ever career win. That's right. And Junior gave her a leg up. He did. He was uh, really helped get her career going. So, yeah, just some fantastic history there regarding Junior Coffee. Um, well, top executive won the Derby on Sunday. That was his third stakes win of the year. It was his fourth Emerald Down Stakes victory. So he is now tied with Mike Mann's gold among active horses with stakes wins at Emerald Downs. They both have four. There's... Several that have three, but they are the leaders in that category. Vince? Okay, you mentioned we got some young horse races this week. One of them is uh, Thursday night. Race three is a maiden special weight. Uh, horse number five is called English Meadow, and this one's interesting. The trainer, Robert W. Leonard, a name we haven't seen here since 2015. 
Now, racing, Washington racing uh, historians will recall that Robert W. Leonard trained a horse called Saratoga Passage, our all-time state-leading earner and uh, multiple grade one winner. Um, so Robert W. Leonard back in action. English Meadow is a nicely bred uh, filly by Connect, who's a, a son of Curlin out of a Bernardini mare named English Garden. They paid 35000 for her, so it'll be uh, interesting to see her debut on uh, Thursday night. Yeah, Connect, uh, I think he won six out of eight lifetime. He, he did, six out of eight, 1.3 million. So uh, some sire power there, Connect by Curlin. Okay, well, our trivia question has a little something to do with Saratoga Passage today. We'll have that in just a couple of minutes. Leading Washington bread earners for 2021, Harbored Memories on top of the list, uh, Harbor the Gold that has been uh, in his three-year-old season down in Southern Cal all year. He has two wins and four seconds from seven starts. So six out of seven in the exact in Southern Cal comes off a really good second on a short turf sprint. He's made $126,000 this year. Papa's Golden Boy is second at $75,000, followed by Blazing Bella Blue, who was just nipped out by Ms. Lynn for third in the Oaks on Sunday. Blazing Bella Blue at 69.9. Ms. Lynn is fourth among Washington bread earners this year with $49,000. She's five of six on the board with the stakes win and a couple of stakes placings here at Emerald Downs. And then Cobra Jet in the top five as well at 48,000. So a view from above and Koran stakes opportunities coming up. Uh, they could certainly add to their totals on Washington Cup Day. But Harvard Memories well out front, a really good first year for the people that uh, stood Harbor the Gold, the Pam and Neil Christofferson and their partners. Vince? Looking forward to seeing Harvard Memories come back at a little longer distance next time. Yeah. Okay, this last Saturday, of course, was Travers Day at Saratoga. We saw Essential Quality get the win. Now, on the undercard, they had Five other grade ones, including the H. Allen Jerkins Memorial Stake. That was a matchup between Jackie's Warrior and the previously undefeated Life is Good, who was making his first start for Bob Baffert. Jackie's Warrior ended up prevailing by a neck, but I wanted to read the footnotes the chart maker made on Life is Good. He wrote, Life is Good, established the front, showed the way in hand, five, then four wide down the backstretch before continuing four wide through the turn, slipped away midway on the turn, and was patient, patiently handled through the latter portion of the bend, went four wide into upper stretch, got displaced from the front at the 316th pole while remaining overconfidently handled, hmm. got placed to coaxing at the eighth pole and was shown the crop to the offside through the finish, getting bested on the wire. Now, I've done a little bit of chart calling, and one of the things they teach you right off is no editorial hmm. comments. Hmm. So that is an editorial comment there made by the chart caller. Now, I will say social media agreed, seemed to have almost unanimously say that Mike Smith tore turned in a subpar ride on Life is Good. I just think that was kind of unnecessary to put that out there because he is purporting to know what Mike Smith was thinking, that he was overconfident. We don't know the true story there unless you actually talk to Mike and what he was going through. We can all agree maybe it wasn't his finest moment as a writer. I just think you get in trouble when you start trying to imagine – what the writer is thinking. You do not know. Yeah. Jack Wilson, who's one of the famous, most famous chart callers, said he went his old 40-year career using one editorial comment, and that was when Secretariat won the Belmont. He was the chart caller, and his fast four words were, last four words were in a tremendous performance. I remember that. <laughs> and I don't think that was editorializing. We can all agree on that. It was. But that was interesting, I thought, the Jerkins last Saturday. Yeah, that's a lot of copy there for... Uh, it ended up being a really thrilling finish be, between of those two outstanding sprinters won by jackie's warrior hey uh top executive name the last horse to sweep all the three-year-old stakes races at emerald downs all the three-year-old stakes races yeah, yeah. it hasn't happened yeah i didn't think so no. i i know we've had a couple i know barkley was on the precipice a yep. couple of years ago and he got tagged at the wire and he's the closest you're right the good call barkley won the first three three-year-old stakes and then ran second opportunistic that's in the Derby. right yeah and opportunistic got him at the wire i think in that one yeah sip and fire won four out of six three-year-old stakes he was in all six jumron won one four out of six three-year-old stakes which is a heck of a season but uh 
Nobody until now. And of course, just three opportunities for top executive, but he won them all. He swept the three-year-old stakes races at Emerald Downs and we don't have a, a Washington Cup three and up, which he of course would not be eligible for anyway. But uh, so congratulations again there to the Blaine Wright trainee. Um, top executive. Yeah, he all he does, Joe, is just keep winning races, that horse. So it's not a street boss. Street boss has three wins at the meet as a sire, <laughs> all by stakes by top executive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sounds good there. Do you have anything else? That's about it okay. for me. Very um, good. Me too. So we talked about some selections. Uh, I guess it's about time for trivia. And a couple of our best trivia players and by the way uh send your submissions for the correct answer to trivia at emeralddowns.com we'll give out the new question in a moment but last week's question who holds the fastest six and a half furlong juvenile time at emerald downs and uh we had two six and a half races uh the weekend one by uh k cooper runners Koran and a view from above, and we're going to have a couple more six and a half stakes on Washington Cup Day. Let's uh, go to the audio tape and hear the answer. Blackjack Joe nursed along. Exclusive Eagle trying to wear it down. They come away. Exclusive Eagles hit the front. Blackjack Joe starting to feel the strain of the first time effort. And Exclusive Eagle coming on to score. Exclusive Eagle by three and a half to Blackjack Joe. There it is. Back in 2005 exclusive eagle 115 flat for trainer craig roberts owners don and judy gardner and sundance circle went 115 and one mock one rules uh he went 115 and three a horse called george's luck in 06 115 and two but nobody's tied or bested exclusive eagles 115 flat he's by flying with the eagles and Flying with the Eagles, the first Emerald Down Stakes winning horse to sire an Emerald Down Stakes winner as Exclusive Eagle won a stake the next year at age three. So, uh, Russ and, and Mike, a couple of our top uh, trivia guys, they took some shots at that. They were close, but uh, nobody had Exclusive Eagle. This week's question, Saratoga Passage, trained by Bob Leonard, became the all-time Washington bread earner in 1989 when he won $400,000 um, not racing in Washington that year. And he went up to 800,000 career. So he's been the leading Washington earner since 1989, which is what, 32 years now. Who was the previous Washington bread career earner prior to Saratoga passage setting the new mark in 1989 so give us your answers at trivia at emeralddowns.com i was going to use this question here vince uh but i didn't i used the one the saratoga passage prior washington bread earner i was going to use this one who is mrs orb sired by no but i decided not to <laughs> i think i so. could even get that <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else that's it that's a wrap thanks to Kay cooper yeah. great guest Final Thursday of racing coming up at Emerald Downs on September 2nd. First race at 6 p.m. And racing Saturday and Sunday as well. And we'll go to a two-day week next week. The Muckleshoot Gold Cup just around the corner. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>